Thanks for listening to the Woodward Podcast Network. Check out more shows by searching for us on Spreaker or wherever you catch your podcasts. The Woodward Podcast Network with Krupka Dental Associates. Hello, this is Dr. John Krupka from Krupka Dental. We now have the Saleo Laser. You can have your fillings done without needles nor drills. We are a full-service dental office and always accepting new patients. To learn more about me and my friendly team, visit KrupkaDental.com. Whether you're in your garden or hiking through the woods, we have you covered. Call now with your outdoor questions. In Appleton, call 281-1150 or outside the valley, 866-887-1150. From the Myron Construction Studios of WHBY, it's Outdoors with Rob Zimmer. Brought to you by Brookdale Appleton Senior Living. And our live local Saturday morning programming rolls right along here on HBY. I'm Joey D. Next up, it's... The Elvis of the Outdoors. It's been a while since I called you that. It has been. It's Rob Zimmer, and it's been a while since I've seen you. Yeah, it's been like 12 hours. A couple hours. Yeah, a couple <laughs> hours. <'Cause I> was <laughs> filling in for Haley yesterday. I had a blast doing that. Uh, if you missed that show, you can check out the podcast on the uh, podcast section at whby.com. You can also shoot us an email on there. It's another way that you can get a hold of us. Click on Contact Us. whole bunch of ways to get us. And yeah. get in early because the calls usually start to come in later on. 281. 1150, that's in Appleton. Oshkosh, outside of Appleton, the TDS, Metrocom line, 1-866-887-1150. And then there's the old Book of Face. The old Book of Face. Yes, the Book of Face is (laughs) at Rob Zimmer Outdoors. Okay. Make sure you put the outdoors. I still get lots of people trying to friend request me on Rob Zimmer. Don't do that because I probably won't friend request or accept you. Unless I know you. Huh. So Rob Zimmer Outdoors, you just like the page and you can see everything I do. Uh, re- yes, it, re- it really is beneficial too. I mean, if you like this show yeah. at all, if you like the outdoors at all, oh, yeah. you do a really good job on there. Thank you. That's fun. On average, how many times do you, you post on there a day? <laughs> oh, way too many. <laughs> Today I probably already posted 10 times because I, I was out since like 7 o'clock this morning. So yeah, well, let's talk about that. Morning. How about the storms overnight? Oh, the Where storms were, you? were awesome. I was home. They got to be a little bit late, but I was watching when they first started out in southwest Wisconsin. They had three tornado warnings at the same time, and then Ooh. the big lightning show passed right right over us pretty much yeah. up into Green Bay and Door County, and that was pretty crazy. The lightning was amazing. Yeah, my son said he was he was driving driving back home from Kukana last night. I live in Menasha, and, oh, yeah. and uh, right in between there, he said he, he – and he's – a big time weather guy. He loves science, yeah. loves the weather. He was studying meteorology in college, all that kind of stuff. Oh, good. He said he was scared. He said it was, I mean, it was really, yeah. really bad lightning. Yeah, the lightning was intense. And that's because that warm front was moving through. And now, of course, it's it's warm. It's already 76 degrees and it's going up fast. It's so, nice. 77. Ah, just when, just, just as we that. talk. Oh. <laughs> yeah, cool. Enjoy it because it's going to be the warmest it's going to be day. for about 10 days. Yeah, at one least. day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so got to get out there and enjoy it. Enjoy it. Yeah, and there's so much to do. Today, uh, lots to talk about. I'm going to do my top ten list. On, uh, since we Yesterday, if you listened, we talked about native wildflowers. Since we're Memorial Day weekend, uh, everything is all about America, all about North America, United you States. say. So today is going to be native shrubs for your yard and garden. If you want to f- talk about the wildflowers or if you want to hear about the wildflowers, listen to the podcast of yesterday's show. Tons of events coming up this weekend our wildlife of the week, and a big part of the show today, because I keep getting tons and tons of questions on this, is going to be what to do if you find an animal, a baby animal, orphaned or injured 
in the wild. And a lot of those cases, it's going to be do nothing. But okay. And people well, don't like to hear that, but that's the truth. Well, we don't have so. any uh, calls lined up just yet. You want to yeah. delve right into that? I mean, oh, what, sure, what we can. Do we, what do we do? Yeah, because a lot of people right now, this time of year, obviously, a lot of our, our wild neighbors are having babies, having young, hatching eggs. Um, stuff like that. Deer are just starting to have their fawns. So I uh, get a lot of questions this time of year about what to do. I have this baby bird. I have this baby rabbit, this baby squirrel. I found a fawn, all of that. In the majority of cases, and, and, and the information for this that I want you to, to find, um, it's on my Facebook page. I just posted it this morning. But if you just Google um, keeping or keep wildlife wild, Wisconsin DNR, you'll get the link. It's a, it's a DNR website uh, page. They have tons and tons of links and information on there. It tells you um, all sorts of information on how to tell if an animal is orphaned. It goes through several different species like rabbits, squirrels, raccoons, deer, songbirds, ducks, coyotes, foxes, possums, woodchucks, skunks even, and turtles. And it tells you a sp- it gives you a specific document for each one of those species and tells you what to do. Um, which, again, in a lot of cases, it's nothing. So, so how do you know? I mean, one of the questions mm, you just asked there, I mean, yeah, it, 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 a shorter answer. How it, do you know if it's... Yeah, if, if, an animal, if an animal is truly injured or sick or if you know it's orphaned, um, and that would be, obviously, if, if the parent is dead or no longer in the area... Um, it's been trapped or something like that. If the if you know the young is dead because or the young is is orphaned because you know the parent's dead, uh, just because just because the parent animal isn't there doesn't mean it's dead or, or or gone. The parent animal probably is there or it's just busy trying to find food for that baby. So, hmm. um, if you know for a fact that the animal was maybe hit by a car, you know the parent is dead or was attacked by another animal. Um, if the animal that you're looking at, the baby or, or adult, whatever it could be, if it, you know it's been attacked by a, by a predator like a dog or a cat or other animal, um, if it's bleeding at all, if it has you know noticeable injuries, if it's bleeding or bruised, um, if it looks very weak or if it's cold or if it's soaking wet, um, if there are flies and maggots and stuff on it, obviously that means it's, it's uh, uh, probably in danger. And if it's in a dangerous location, like in the middle of a busy street or a parking lot, something like that, those are some situations where you probably would want to do something beyond just leaving it alone. And that would be most likely calling a wildlife uh, rehab facility. There are licensed wildlife rehab facilities wherever you're located. And this, uh, this website I gave you gives you a link to those Um and be patient because wildlife rehabbers, uh, they're not paid to do what they do. They're doing it on a volunteer basis. Uh, they're often busy taking care of their animals, feeding, cleaning, stuff like that, going to the vet. Um, so a lot of times they don't answer their phone. Um, leave a message if you can and, and keep trying um, because, again, a lot of those people are doing it out of the kindness of their heart. They're not being paid to do it. They're, um, and oftentimes they're unavailable. They're caring for the animals that they have. Hmm. Um, if it's an emergency, uh, I always recommend people call Baby Wildlife Sanctuary. I know it's, it's far. It's Green Bay. I mean, it's not far, depending where you are. But they usually always answer, and they can give you information of what to do. They may say contact, you know, the, the a warden or the, the police. Um, but... If you can't get a hold of an immediate wildlife rehabber in your area, just contact Bay Beach. They're very reliable. Um, With any of these wildlife rehabbers, um, they're always going to basically require you to bring the animal to them if it needs uh, care. Um, None of them will actually go out and rescue wildlife for you. If there's anyone out there who is looking for (laughs) some sort of uh, job or to start their own business, uh, maybe 
um, rescuing and transporting wildlife would be one of them because a lot of these rehabbers, they're so busy, they don't have the time to go get these animals. They rely on you to bring them to them. So um, just keep that in mind too. They may say, can you bring it to us? Can you capture it? Can you bring it to us? So uh, those are just some good tips on what to do. And I'm going to go through, throughout the show, I'm going to keep in, in every break, I'm going to talk about some of that and talk about why it's important to keep wildlife wild, you know, specifically what to do if you find a bird um, or a fawn, since those are the most common ones, how to help turtles across the road, all of that. Just remember, though, uh, just because you don't see the parent bird or animal doesn't mean the parent bird or animal isn't there. The parent bird is probably watching. It's close by. It may be resting. It may be trying to catch food to feed to that baby bird or baby animal. Um, so just be aware of that. Uh, a young animal's best chance for survival is with its mother. So keep that in mind. Just because it looks like it's abandoned doesn't mean it is. And I'll go into more specifics later on in the show. Okay. All right. Uh, tell you what, let's get to our first break here. 281-1150 is the phone number. If you're on hold, please do uh, wait patiently through the break. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. More Outdoors with Rob Zimmer here, HBY. Bring it back outdoors with Rob Zimmer. I am Joey D. I'm trying to figure out what this is. Well, you probably won't know. Oh. We're not doing really a theme, but that's Mike Myers, Austin Powers. It's his, oh. birth- it's his birthday today. Oh. Well, happy birthday, Mike yeah. Myers. 56 for Austin Powers. Aww. Yeah, baby, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, two eight one eleven fifty. Our phone lines are jammed here, so let's start off on the Settlers Bank phone lines, and we talk with Tim in Manassia. Hi, Tim. Hi. Good morning. Hi, Tim. Hey, I'm just driving through down by the flats again in Appleton this morning, and I was really surprised. Uh, goslings are all out with the with the grown-ups. Already. They sure are. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that. It seems like. They're here such a short time, and then all of a sudden, the babies are walking around. Yeah, they they don't waste any time. The second they get back, they start nesting. I, I saw a lot of them down there and also out, um, by the Shiocton Marsh the other day, and some of them are pretty big already. Some of them yeah, are. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I was just really surprised. There's like two versions, the little ones and yeah, the yeah. bigger ones. <laughs> the little ones and the ones that were – and they don't take long to, to grow, so some of them might only be a week older or two weeks older, and they're already, you know – half the size of the adults but there's there's a lot of goslings out there right now yeah. and they actually um, and this year they actually got a late start usually you start to see them in april but uh, because we had such a cool spring uh, they had a little bit of a late start funny story the one they they caused a traffic backup oh, it was two days ago yeah. at a major intersection in Manasha there at appleton really? road and midway road <laughs> and it, it was a, they were just slowly walking across yep. in they a major their, intersection yep. and everybody had to stop well like tim was saying down in the flats i, I went through there and they just stand in the middle of the road yep. and they just very oh, yeah. very slowly walk across with all their babies yep and yep. they'll hiss at you like a cat and yeah <laughs> yep. pretty yeah. cool I work in New London, and every year in the parking lot, there seems to be a bug that shows up, and it's about three or four inches long, and it it's kind of a it looks like a long street, like a long teardrop, and it's got like two arms that are out in front of it. It walks really slow across the ground. I can't imagine what the heck that is. It almost looks like a like a big cockroach with a, like no no head. Yep. It's it's probably because it's in New London. It's probably if you if you Google giant water bug, 
Uh-huh. It's probably one of those because they come out. I mean, even though they're water bugs, they come out and they fly and they mate and everything. But they're pretty big. They look like a cockroach. When you said those two arms in the front, they have these yeah. two huge arms in the front. So it's it's probably a giant water bug uh, because, yeah. you know, they're in the river and there are all the sloughs around there. And the, the yeah, we got like a big swale next to the building, too, yeah. like a runoff swale. Yeah. That's probably where they're coming from. Yeah, I would Google that, and I bet that's what it is. Um, if it's just like a flat brown. Do you know what a cicada is? It's not a... Yeah, no. So it's no, not a cicada. It's like a longer cicada. Yep. So it's <laughs> probably bigger. it's probably that. There's another um, There's another bug that... Does it have wings, or is it more like a beetle? Um, I, I can't see. It's never flying. It's always walking. It oh. looks like it might have wings. Okay, it's probably the giant water bug. Um, there's another bug that I see once in a while, but it doesn't have the two arms. It's, it's pretty big, but it's called a stonefly, and those can be really big. They can be three to four inches. I see them at Mosquito Hill a lot, which is right there. But it's, yeah. it's they have distinct wings, and they're very long, three to four inches, and they're kind of grayish um, color, but they're a lot narrower um, than the water bug. The water bug is going to be fairly fairly big. It's going to be about the size of a cicada. Yeah. Whereas the stonefly is more long and narrow. Yeah, this is probably the water bug. I think that's what it is. Yeah, and if you Google giant water bug, it'll come right up. I'm looking at one right now, and it has the two arms in the front. Uh, it looks like a cockroach. But, uh, yeah, they're coming out of the water to, to mate and to uh, do their thing. And then they'll go back oh, in the wow. water. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, good. Pretty I cool. got to pack up and head up to Legend Lake and watch the mushrooms come up. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I found a lot of mushrooms. I found my first morel mushrooms this week. I posted them on my Facebook page and lots of other cool ones. So. You think there'd be morels up there? Um, If, if you can find... I, I've seen them. I've seen them at, like, Navarino. They, uh-huh. they, they're going to be in drier areas, like drier, grassy areas, like at the edge of the woods. Okay. Yeah, so it's possible. All right. All well. right. Have a great day. Yeah, right. you too. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Tim. Appreciate the call. Have a good Bye. weekend. 281-1150. Let's keep things rolling on the Settlers Bank phone lines. Line number two has Lindsay from Little Shoot. Good morning, Lindsay. Lindsay and Little Shoot. Good morning. Is it the one Hi. I know of? The yes. Lindsay I know of? Hi. This is my friend, um, Lindsay. Hi. I have two really quick things, if that's okay. Sure. Um, For cupcakes. The first one, Rob, yeah, right. Cake pops. <laughs> I, I know you would appreciate this because you like to post a lot of dates. Um I just have a fun fact. So I found on my Facebook memories that this exact day uh, last year was the first red wing or red eyed vireo in my yard. Oh! And guess who I heard this morning for the first time? Red eyed vireo. Yes, and I just found that so fascinating uh-huh. that the same exact day. He passed. See, it, yep, it goes by so, d- by date a lot of times. Remember, also amazing. last year on this date it was ninety four degrees. Oh, I and tomorrow it will be 98 degrees a year ago. So we were almost, oh. with the heat index, we were in the hundreds. So Wow, I do not yeah. recall that, but I, I do. thought that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So what <laughs> else then, are you seeing in your yard? Um, well, there was actually a chestnut-sided warbler up there this oh, morning. Oh, cool. There was another one that I, I'm i guessing it was a Nashville warbler. It was hard to see, but I've had them in my yard before, so possibly yeah. that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard a peewee. I've never had one in my oh, yard before. Oh, cool. But, yeah, it was, the storm must have just brought in a new whole group. And they're, yeah. So that yeah, because we had these strong south. Along. Yeah, the south winds bring everything up, so they wait for those yeah. south winds. So. so that was amazing. Awesome. Um, I also have a question about, because I have five very large old maple trees in my yard that I love. And I was just curious 
how you how who can find out more information about like how old they are, you know, exactly more about them. I know there's people out there that can do that. Like the specific trees, you mean? Like Yes. Oh gosh. Is there a historical society in Little Shoot? You could go um, to the go to the Little Shoot Public Library. Uh-huh. They'll probably help you um find out stuff like that too. I mean, um, but what about like an arbor like is an arborist is that a thing? Oh yeah, I mean, I think there's ways they can estimate how old it is. Like they can do like a core uh, a core sample, I think, where they can sure. stick something in to see how old it is. But I, I thought you meant like your specific trees, like oh, like if no, if sorry. the historical society could find out who planted them and stuff like that. Um, oh. But I think I don't know how much it costs, but I think if you contact an arborist, um, they can do like a you know, a test, they can at least estimate how old it is. They may be able to do like some sort of Doppler scan or something like that, or they do like a core sample where they drill into it. Um, I think they have several different ways. And, and some of them, you know, if they're really good, they can probably just look at the tree and tell you how old yeah. it is. Okay, so you would just Google like local yeah. address? Well, uh, my friend Casey, he owns uh, Selner's Tree and Shrub in, in Green Bay, and they work in Appleton all the time. He'd, he'd come over and, and take a look at it for you. Could you spell the Selners? S-E-L-N-E-R. Oh, okay. Yeah. And just tell him, you know, you just want to see if he can kind of estimate how old the tree is and, and stuff like that. Hey, I think he'd love to do that, or one of his staff would. So, okay. And tell him Rob Zimmer sent you. Of course. All right. <laughs> Don't want to scare well, him away. Thank you so much. Don't Enjoy want to scare him. Yeah, happy, happy Memorial Day, and get out there and go birding. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay, right. bye. Thanks, Lindsay. Bye. Appreciate it. 281-1150. And if you're still listening, Lindsay, that'll cost you like six chocolate cake pops. <laughs> Thank take, you. I take it. You know where. You know where I live. Mm. Chop them off. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, well, we had Tony. Tony dropped off, so oh. that's all right. Good time. Right. A bottom of the hour break here. We'll take another quick break. We will come back. And got about a half hour left in the show. Get, a, get your call in right now. 281-1150. Lots yet to come, including a top 10 native shrubs to plant that and much much more yes. as we continue on this saturday morning here outdoors with rob zimmer hby god that scared me <laughs> <laughs> that's my song oh. Ow! Uh, i have my thing i've never I... seen you jump out of your seat like that that's that because like... i couldn't hear anything so i turned my volume up like and i thought i thought there was something wrong with my headphones <laughs> So I turned my volume like way up, and all of a sudden it started. That was, that was engineer oh, Christina, error over or, here. Not, not Christina, Katrina. Was engineer error. I hadn't started oh. the, <laughs> hadn't started recording the podcast again. So that's why there were. I thought I was missing something. <laughs> oh, I thought I was missing something. So I turned it way up, and all of a sudden it was like full blast. That's funny. I jumped. <laughs> this is my song, by the way, my it, jam. Yes, and it's a good day to play it. It is because we are walking on sunshine. Now it's up to 78 degrees. Wow. Woohoo! Uh, looking for 82 is what Storm Center Channel 2.2 tells us. Yes. 82, the highest it's going to be for about that, uh, at least 10 next days. Week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it'll be very comfortable tomorrow. But, it is. But um, a great day to get out and have some dandelion fun, right? Yes. I was just looking out the window at all these beautiful dandelions out in our, our property out here. <laughs> so I wanted to give people a few ideas. I, I posted this on my Facebook page the other day. Um, I found a recipe for dandelion marshmallows, and they're so amazing. If you've ever had homemade marshmallows, 
try this recipe with dandelions. I mean, I don't have the recipe. You'll have to Google it. But Google dandelion marshmallows and, and make them. They're amazing. My friend Lisa, she made marshmallow, homemade marshmallows. The first time I ever had homemade ones, and they are they are amazing. Have you ever had a homemade marshmallow? I didn't know you could oh my gosh, marshmallows. You can, <laughs> and they are so good. But this one's specifically dandelions. So try that. Other things you can oh. make from marshmallows, or from marshmallows, from dandelions. <laughs> are treats and yeah, s'mores treats. and. Yeah. Oh, yes, you can. Um, but anyway. I just made my list out. Where that's about it. Oh, that's all I know from marshmallows. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, and, but from dandelions. Put the little ones in cereal. I just made a list during my break, and now I can't find it. Oh, here it is. Okay, so these are some things you can make from dandelions. Unfortunately, you know, it was just a spur of the moment thing, so I don't have the actual recipes. But just Google them and try. And if you've made any of these, please call us and let us know. I know I did my um, edible wild plants class at the Shike Center in Appleton a couple weeks ago, and a lot of people had said they've tried some of these, and then some people actually went home and made more. So please call us if you've done this. But things you can make from dandelions. Dandelion wine, of course. A lot of people have probably heard about that. You take the blossoms and you make the wine. And Again, the recipes for all these you can find online. The dandelion marshmallows. Oh, my gosh. I'm so wanting some of those. And Tanya Johnson, if you're listening, get busy. She said she (laughs) she said she'd make them for me. So dandelion jelly. Oh, my gosh. That is so good. I've had that very sweet jelly. It's this beautiful golden yellow jelly that you can make uh, out of dandelions. Dandelion beer, which is another thing that you can make. Fried, deep fried dandelion fritters, which are really cool. They're, they're delicious. And I know my friend uh, Nancy, who was at my class, she said she went home and made some the next day. You basically just cut, take the, bo- the blossoms, the dandelion blossoms, uh, use whatever tempura batter you usually use and deep fry them, either in a deep fryer or an air fryer or just a skillet or whatever. And they're just amazing. And you can dip them in honey or whatever else. And they're just, mmm, I'm getting so hungry. You can make a dandelion green salad using the greens out there and mix them up with strawberries or um, walnuts or whatever else you wanted to mix them up with and make a nice salad. Um, you can dry the roots to make dandelion coffee. So you can dig up the dandelion roots, put them in your dehydrator, slice them up, grind them up, whatever you wanted to do, and you can actually make a very delicious dandelion coffee out of that. You can make dandelion blossom cookies or scones, which is where you just add basically um, some of the flower petals, dice them up and add them to your flour uh, mixture for cookies and scones. Dandelion bread, which I know Sherry made, and if she's listening, I know she has a loaf for me somewhere. Uh, Bring that to Cedar Ridge if you're listening. And give it to Barbara, but Barbara, don't eat any if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> you can make dandelion. I know everybody's listening today. So. Dandelion pancakes, which is really good too. Uh, dandelion muffins. You can also infuse dandelions with honey or vinegar and make a really gorgeous uh, dandelion honey or vinegar honey. So, or vinegar, dandelion vinegar. So all sorts of fun things to do with dandelions. They're so useful. Don't just spray them and kill them. Use them for some of these amazing recipes and eat them. It's free food. i got a quick question for mm-hmm. you concerning eating dandelions and, mm-hmm. and, and other grass in general and stuff for those who don't know and you do know i'm a, I'm a new foster dog parent oh, gumbo yeah. is his oh. name and we go on some nice long walks every single day a couple of them each day uh, he's a sniffer i mean he sniffs, sniffs just about everything including uh, i've seen him biting some some tall grass oh and yeah he, like wanting to eat that and wanting yeah. to eat dandelions and stuff yeah is that okay for dogs, yeah, a lot to, of dogs eat to eat it. grass and to eat dandelions? Yeah, I think the, a lot of dogs do it naturally just because um, I've read something. It's 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 because they're so used to eating, you know, the dry dog food or whatever it is that they need that extra texture. It kind of helps hmm. them um, 
I don't know if it's their digestive system. Maybe somebody knows uh, something with their digestive system. But my dog eats grass every once in a while too. Okay. Um, I don't think it's I don't, a I've symptom. never owned a pet before, and so this yeah. is all new to me. <laughs> it's, it's just a different texture, and it, it's it's weird how dogs instinctively know to start eating grass. Like when you take them outside, you know it's something they've never tried before. But it's like my dog uh, Max. Sometimes he'll just walk up to grass and he'll start shredding it with his teeth and eating it. And I think I want to say it's something like you know, like we crave sweets or salt. Sometimes, sometimes they crave that fresh green material just like you know we would um i don't think it's a sign that something's wrong i just think it's something i don't know if it improves their fiber or something i don't know hmm. but, okay yeah. i just thought i'd ask you because we're on if the, anybody knows call the us subject of eating yeah dandelions, eating dandelions. <laughs> yeah so those are good um i do want to do my uh i want to talk about one more thing with the baby birds uh we, we're talking about keeping wildlife wild um since right now a lot of people are finding nestlings in fact i got a message this morning of someone who had a baby cardinal that it looks like it may have uh, blown out of the nest during the storm. Um, and the parent is still feeding it, which is good. A lot of times the parents, like I said, they will keep feeding that bird. Uh, so I just want to read some tips about about if you find a baby bird. Um, if it's not injured and if the parents are around, the best thing you can do is to get that bird back in the nest if you can. And cardinals usually nest pretty low, so that might not be hard. Some birds may nest a little higher, but if you can get that bird back in the nest, it is a myth that parents will not take care of, of young birds if we've touched them. A lot of people have that mistaken belief that, you know, if we touch baby birds, the parents will abandon them. That's not true. If you find an uninjured bird, an uninjured bird that is featherless or with only a few small feathers, um, or if it's unable to hop, if it's just sitting there, it probably needs to go back in the nest. It's not big enough to be out. It's not a fledgling. It's not starting to fly. It's not on its own yet. It probably needs to go back. Um, so if you can get it back in the nest, ideally that's the best thing you can do. If the nest has been destroyed, uh, make an artificial one. The parents will come to it. And they, they recommend on this website I was talking about before, the Keep Wildlife Wild website for the DNR, uh, just take a little container with some holes in the bottom or, or make some holes in the bottom just for drainage. Um, line it with some dried grasses or twigs or uh, leaves or something for, for cushioning insulation and secure the nest somewhere close by to where the original nest was, as close as you can get it. The parents will come back and feed that baby bird. They know where the bird is. They're watching, uh, and they'll come back and feed the bird. So um, if you do find a fledging, obviously keep cats and dogs away from it and watch it from a location where the parent birds cannot see you to see if the parents are still tending to it. Um, if the bird has reached the age where it can fly a lot of times or, or it left the nest and it's partially able to fly, a lot of times they're on their own already. So the parent may not um, feed it regularly, but it may just... Um, you know, like it says here, it made this, when a parent bird returns, it may just stop by for a brief moment to stuff some food in the fledgling's mouth and take off right again for more food. Hmm. I wish someone would do that to me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I just read that. It's like, I wish bring someone some would of them, bring some, some of those cake pops. Yeah. Yeah. The dandelion Lindsay, just stuff them in your mouth and stuff leave. Stuff in my mouth and leave. <laughs> some dandelion fritters. See ya. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and other than that, if you can make a nest, get it up there. But if it's a fledgling, bird, a small bird that's not able to fly yet, if you can get it back in the nest or or make a, a fake nest, basically, that's the best thing to do. And again, just remember the most important thing. It is a myth that the birds won't take care of it if you touch it. You have to touch it to save it. Obviously, if you know the parent bird is dead, like we talked about before, then you want to contact a wildlife rehab facility um, or Bay Beach and just see uh, what to do and see if you can get that somewhere. So. Okay. Yeah. Good tips. Yes. All right, uh, 281-1150-866-887-1150. Let's take our quarter till break here. We'll come back and promise we will have that top ten list that we have been teasing, uh, the native shrubs, right? Yep. Or to plant. Yes. All right, we'll do that uh, coming up next year. It's Outdoors, Rob Zimmer, HBY.
beautiful for spacious skies for amber waves. It sounds like a really old version. It's uh, Frankie. Frankie, that's it. I was going to say. Quite old. Does it say what year? It does not. I have to look that up. Oh, Frank Sinatra. America the Beautiful. Happy holiday weekend, everybody. And it is beautiful. Yes, it is very, very beautiful. And this is the part of the show where we say, yes, people have off work and they're going to be grilling and doing family stuff and all that. But do remember what, why we are celebrating this yes. holiday. Yes. And just salute it. You know, it, we should do it every day. Every day should be Memorial Day. You know what I mean? It should. Just like every day should be Earth Day. Exactly. Yeah. Every day should be Earth Day. Every day should be Memorial Day. Mm, yep. Not so, just celebrate one day a year. Yeah. To all the, uh, the fallen heroes. So, uh, so that we could do stuff like this. So, so we could have a radio show. People, yes. people die. Exactly. So, yes. Happy Memorial Day weekend. And uh, we actually in the parade on. Monday. Oh, yes. I'll do the morning show from 6 to 8. And then I'm going to head down there and oh, awesome. take the HBY bus and uh, wave at people. Cool. That's what I'm going to be So doing. watch for Joey in the Memorial Day Parade in there Appleton. There we go. All right. Speaking uh, of uh, America, we're going to be talking yeah. about native plants and shrubs, to pl- or native shrubs to plant this year in your garden. Yesterday, I talked about some of my favorite red, white, and blue native wildflowers. Today, I'm going to be talking about native shrubs. I actually get this question a lot, and there are actually a lot of great native shrubs out there that you can plant um, to uh, uh, because they're easy to care for. You know, you don't have to worry about the winter conditions like we had to the last few years, and they just do fine. So here are some great native shrubs to plant in your yard this year. And and now is a great time to plant. It's still, you know, believe it or not, even though it's going to be 80 degrees today, it is still too early to be out there planting tomatoes and peppers and eggplants hmm. and a lot of your tropical flowers like cannas and begonias and other things. I see tons of people buying all these things, but... You better not be planting them yet. You're going to be sorry. If you put put them in the ground now when the ground is this cold uh, and the ground temperature really should be at least 70 degrees for a lot of these things, uh, they're just going to sit there and they're going to stunt and they're going to rot away. So you can you can buy them so you have them uh, so, you know, you don't uh, beat beat the rush to the garden centers to get them. But uh, it's still too early to be planting those. But you can plant trees and shrubs and perennials and native plants. So. Okay, the top 10 native shrubs to plant. Yes. Let's give it the proper introduction here. Number 10. Number 10, American currants. I saw a lot of those for sale last week at the Wild Ones plant sale, and I heard a lot of you went there because we talked about that on the radio, and uh, they said a lot of people came thanks to the radio show and my Facebook oh, page. So they sold American currants there, and you can get them at several different places. Um, they're delicious uh, if you can beat the turkeys to them, and it's just a great native shrub to have. Number nine. Number nine is witch hazel, one of my favorite plants. Uh, witch hazel, it, it looks fairly, um, it, it's got really nice um, showy green leaves for most of the year, but the really cool show comes in October and November when it gets these beautiful kind of waxy, uh, spidery yellow flowers. It's one of the latest native wildflowers to bloom, um, and it blooms in, like I said, October, November, sometimes even into December. So. Mm. Witch hazel. Number eight. Number eight are all of the different viburnums that are native to Wisconsin. There's so many cool viburnums. There's um, different colored ones and different um, foliage types and different um, berry colors. So viburnums are a great, great choice. And some of them flower like snowballs. Some of them flower in, in flat, lacy clusters. And they're just a beautiful shrub to have around for both birds and and butterflies. Number seven. Number seven is uh, they're just starting to bloom now up north. They're kind of done around here. 
It's the first woodland shrub and small tree to bloom. It's service berry, or some people call them June berries because in June is when they get their berries. It's the earliest one to bloom in the woods. Sometimes in May when you're when the leaves aren't out yet, you can see these beautiful white flowering uh, shrubs and trees in the woods, and that's the service berry. Number six. Number six, nine bark. Believe it or not, nine bark is native to Wisconsin. Um, not obviously your your big colorful garden hybrids, but the the native nine bark is a beautiful uh, shade of green, and those are excellent choices again for hummingbirds, for bees, for butterflies, and for birds because they make uh, all those flowers turn into little. Um, berries later on in the year. We're halfway through the top 10 native shrubs to plant. Number five. Speaking of berries, uh, berries is number five. (laughs) Blueberries, raspberries, blackberries, all of those different ones. Huckleberries. um, If you're on my Facebook page, last night I went for a a wildflower hike after I left the radio show and I found tons of blueberries in bloom. So the blueberries are blooming right now and they're beautiful little greenish pink flowers. And so number five, my number five shrub is any of those native berries, blueberries, blackberries, raspberries, huckleberries, um, any of those. Number four. Number four, red twig dogwood, which is an awesome uh, shrub. A lot of times it's used in wetter areas because it does love moisture, but it will establish itself anywhere. And red twig dogwood is obviously the one with the red branches that look beautiful all year, even in the winter. Um, And you can uh, find lots of different garden hybrids of it too, but the, the, the native variety obviously is is preferred. Number three. Number three. Uh, another awesome one, American elderberry. Uh, those will start blooming pretty soon. Right now, the red elderberry is blooming, which is not quite as edible as the American elderberry or common elderberry. Uh, that's a great shrub that's going to be blooming uh, any day now. And they have big white lacy clusters of flowers and the dark, dark purple or blueberries later in the summer. Number Number two is highbush cranberry, which is actually one of the viburnum. It's a very cool shrub. Uh, It grows more columnar. You get beautiful lacy flowers that can be six or eight inches across, almost like a hydrangea. And then later in the summer, you get some bright, bright red berries that last all winter. And it's a great food source for robins and cedar waxwings uh, in the winter. Here we go. We've reached the pinnacle. It's the top 10 native shrubs to plant. And we are at numero uno. Numero uno is the pagoda dogwood, which is a really cool shrub. A lot of people um, have them um, and don't know it. They're actually a woodland shrub. They're a shade shrub, and they call them pagoda dogwood because they grow like in horizontal layers, kind of like those Japanese pagodas, and they look really cool. It's a really awesome shrub to have uh, in your yard um, for the interest that it provides. There we go. Top 10 native shrubs to plant. And it's only, we only yeah, we only got two minutes left to go here in the show. I'm just going to do some events because there's a lot of events happening this weekend okay. that we can get people to go to. Go for it. Um, today. Uh, tonight, if you're into orchids, head on down to the Ice Age Visitor Center at Spruce Lake Bog uh, and Spruce Lake Bog down there at the Kettle Marine Northern Unit. They're doing a Lady Slippers and Bog Tour tonight from 6 to 8. So that'll be fun. Um, coming up on the 26th, Trees and Shrubs of Door County. That's going to be at, uh, um, <laughs> I'm just drawing a blank now, <laughs> Newport State Park from 1130 to 1230. Uh, the 20, also on the 26th, Birds and Wildflowers of Door County, also at Newport State Park. Charlotte Lukes is going to be doing a program on the Birds and Wildflowers of Door County. The cool thing about Door, going to Door County this time of year is everything is about a month behind what it is down here. So all the plants that were blooming here a month ago are just starting to bloom up there, like your trilliums and some of those others. Hmm. Uh, coming up on the 27th, Monday, Memorial Day at the Gardens. Green Bay Botanical Garden is doing free admission for all military personnel, so go check that out. Um, also coming up on the 29th, Woodland Dunes is doing a program 
uh, Ecology and Biodiversity of the Great Lakes Coastal Wetlands. So that's going to be a cool one. Um, coming up on June 1st, Brilliant Nature Center is going to do a fun program. We'll have to talk to them next week, maybe, from 7 to 9 p.m., Campfire Tunes, where you can bring your own instrument and sit around a campfire and sing some fun campfire that songs. Fun. Yeah. So, and, and we talked um, yesterday with Randy from, from the Friends of High Cliff. Next weekend is free free um, admission day for all Wisconsin State Parks. So cool. that's going to be next Saturday and Sunday. All right. All right. Well, Rob, it's coming great on again. Show. We had a great show. We yes, did. we did. Great show. <laughs> you want to do it again next Friday? Uh, I will be here next Friday week. and Saturday? Yep. All right. We will see you then. All it's right. Outdoors. Rob Zimmer here, HBY. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. Happy holiday, everybody. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.